Russell Brand. I'm not dreaming this, am I? And Russell Brand. Today, the BBC described it as unacceptable and offensive behaviour. Sacked from XFM. Dean is an astonishing error of judgment. Unacceptable and offensive messages. British comedian Russell Brand and then took a shot at President Bush. Juvenile, yes. Cruel and offensive, many thought so. Sacked from MTV. That's led to more than 1,500 complaints. 10,000 people have already complained about... Couple of jerks. It's despicable. Russell Brand. Hare Krishna. 10,000 complaints and criticism from the Prime Minister. Who made the decision to broadcast it? Gross slaps of taste. Complaints to the BBC has now reached more than 10,000. It was inappropriate and unacceptable behaviour. As the chorus of disapproval from the public... Russell Brand. Government and opposition are united in questioning his sense of humour. Russell Brand... Russell Brand... ...be sacked today, Lord's inquiry. 27,000 complaints about the programme. ...have reported this to the police. Both stars have been suspended. ...and a resignation as Russell Brand quits his BBC radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, Russell Brand. to flourish. We are here, together. Hello. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're all here. I have things for you. Was it pricey? Was it pricey to come? What did you pay? What, about score? 20 quid about score? Is it a 20 quid a ticket? What? 20, about 20, 25 quid? You paid 25 quid to come here and see me? After what I've done? <laughs> you beautiful bastards. Why don't we turn the lights on here for just a moment so I can make an informed decision about how to spend my... Oh, my God. Look at you, humanity! Endless humanity, we're here at the same time! This can't be a coincidence. I'm going to move among you. I'm loose! Hello! Hello, hello, all of you, my God! Look at your DNA, you're so beautiful! You're all genetic jackpot winners! Move the cable over your heads, and I can go in this direction. Socialism can work. Look at that, we're acting as one. We are all one. 
We no longer have an alternative. Hello. Look at that. Communicating even with men. Hello. Hello, all of you. You're all so good looking. Oh, Jesus. It was like he threw a bra, but he threw it aggressively. It was sort of a bit sexually exciting and a little bit frightening. As all sexual interaction ought be. Thank you. You've been there some time. <laughs> Russell, you hate Morrissey compared to how much I love you. That is worthy of Confucius. What a brilliant paradigm you've presented. You want to give me a cuddle? Let's have a little cuddle. Oh. Oh, for an intimate moment. And I rubbed a bra on your back during it. I'll, I'll keep hold of it. This has become a little bit of an obstacle, to tell you the truth. Hello, hello, bloody hell, nice one. This is going to take ages, you're all so good looking. Um, this ain't the show, by the way. I don't just wander around like it's a boot sale for blowjobs. Hello, you've bought a gift, have you, doll? Oh, that's sweet. What have you got me? I'll, I'll go through that when I get up into my working environment. Hello, 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 everyone. Hello, right up there, hello. Hello. You shan't be ignored, not one of you. I feel a duty. Um, I need a big, strapping, strong boy. Oh, my God, people are showing their boots. There's so much estrogen here. It's hysterical. Hello, darling. I can't say hello to everyone as individuals. I'll be covered in bras. <laughs> Thank you. What, love? Can I do... Look on the stage. You've left something on the stage. That's beginning to sound menacing. <laughs> what is it? A stool? <laughs> yes, dear. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed our interaction, but you seem to be ignoring the presence of all these other... <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I'm under a lot of pressure at work. We'll have a chat later, honestly. For heaven's sake, you know about my reputation. Now, uh, you look like sort of a tough guy. You've got a skinhead, a lot of tattoos. Is it to cover up inner insecurity, or are you actually capable of getting me back on this stage using your might? Come on. I, I may well have kissed... This man has claimed that I've helped his kissed his girlfriend. Careful of the cable, darling. What's your name? Clint. Clint, how fucking butch. <laughs> a single syllable so like clit and yet so masculine. <laughs> Clint, yeah. were we to have sex, it would be me entering you. <laughs> yeah, I help us up. <laughs> Clint, I don't know if you're familiar with the phrase bunk up, but traditionally it involves a cradle made by your hands and no anal penetration. Link them together. Look, you look like a fucking career criminal. You ain't got a clue. God. That's it, darling. Good girl. Right. One, two, three. Aha! Blimey! <laughs> Round of applause for Clint. Clint and his dubious masculinity. A bra here and some lovely goods. Someone's thrown, like, a, a newspaper on the stage. Admittedly, it is from the town that I'm from. But you've made this stage look like a fucking cat litter tray. <laughs> Gotta worry about this now. All these bits and bobs. Um, you can turn the lights off now. I've made all my decisions. <laughs> Clint. <laughs> Get all this up here. 
Oh, nice. Oh, me bits and bobs. Oh, tidy. <laughs> now, if you'll excuse me. Hey! Hey! I'm not just some sex object here for your amusement. Of course I am. It's exactly what I am. Hang this up. Oh, nice. You know, I'm sort of a bit obsessive-compulsive, actually, when it comes to detail. A quality that was sadly absent when it came to editing a pre-recorded radio show. <laughs> you live, you learn. I'm aware, of course, that some of you will be thinking, he's wearing ladies' leggings. Yes, I suppose they are. I suppose, ultimately, you could argue that these are ladies' leggings. I've accepted that now. I'm comfortable with the phrase. I'm comfortable with the word leggings. Initially, thank you, I avoided calling them leggings at all costs. I wanted to call them something more masculine, more macho. Initially, I tried cockslacks. <laughs> and now I've settled on testosterousers. <laughs> Testosterousers! <laughs> I've got a lovely show for you. It is not written in the conventional way because I find, you know, writing a little bit difficult. You know, it's a challenging process for me. To be honest with you, if I sit down on my own, at home, in front of a computer, I will just end up wanking. <laughs> and I'm not taking responsibility for that anymore because the computer suggests it. The computer is the enemy of endeavour. Oh, I'll just get a little bit of work done. I'll sit and do some writing. Russell, <laughs> you could do some writing, but... Wouldn't you rather have a look at some boobies? Mm. <laughs> well, I could have a quick look, I suppose. It might help focus me mind, mightn't it? When you engage in reason, you are ensnared by the computer. Russell. <laughs> if you enjoyed the boobies, perhaps you might like to see some women kissing. Mm. <laughs> Well, it's not as if I took the photograph, is it? I mean, it already exists. I'm just looking at pre-existing data. By equivocating, you become further entrenched. Russell! If you enjoyed the women kissing, perhaps you might rather relish Japanese coprophiliac girls eating each other's feces. Oh! In for a penny, in for a pound. Tumbling into a dark Lewis Carroll labyrinth of filth, pursuing a white rabbit of smut. <laughs> I have an objective here tonight, okay? It's challenging, though, for me to achieve it because I have two twin dilemmas which I must overcome because I want us tonight to achieve more than humour between us. I want us to achieve enlightenment. I want us to find alignment with absolute truth and beauty and find in this moment perfection. Here are the obstacles. They're both to do with me. Uh, one, I'm quite self-involved. <laughs> and the other thing is I use my mental illness that I suffer from as a kind of commodity. 
which is kind of difficult because using mental illness for a job ultimately will lead to problems. Go on, mental illness. Go on, mate, it's a couple of bob. Mate, it's a couple of... Shall I, shall I go out there and there's some money? Shall I, shall I? Yeah, go on, son, get out there. <laughs> Once it's out there, it's very difficult to recall it. Narcissism is a further one of my maladies. In fact, the only reason I ever go onto the internet, aside from the aforementioned, is to Google my own name. <laughs> Not even my entire name anymore. I just put in the letter R, and Google knows what I'm going to say. Russell Brand. Comes up, Russell Brand. Like, Google is a bit tired of me. And then it thinks it's a bit better than me. In fact, Google's getting a little bit smug in general, I think. Like, if you make one little spelling mistake. Didn't you mean? <laughs> in sarcastic italics. Didn't you mean? Oh dear, oh dear, you poor lamb. Oh, you're utterly at a loss, oh, you poor soul. Fuck you, Google, I'm a person, you're just binary. <laughs> Afflicted as I am with this manner and level of egotism, I have to be protected from certain things. Like externally, for example, an ego like mine should never hear this noise. Dum, 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 the main news again, Russell Brand. Because in my head, that's justified. In my head, that's the main news every night. So imagine, if you will, how my ego responded when this happened. We made a mistake, we crossed the line. I'm not going to work for the I BBC look like a anymore bearded because hostage. I believe that what I did was wrong. Brand quits, Ross is suspended as public outrage forces the BBC to act at last. I am the news, I am the news tonight. I am the news, I am the news tonight. The news tonight, again! I am the news, I am the news. It was a crazy couple of weeks. I started to think of that as my own show. <laughs> Have you seen my new show? The News. It's me and Trevor McDonald. We're kind of a double act. The main news tonight, well, it's you. Thank you, Trevor. Don't try and be so clever. Just get on with it, dog, and do the fucking weather. Grow up. It was a difficult time, right, for a number of reasons. Here's one. I have respect for Andrew Sachs, and I didn't ever want to upset Andrew Sachs. He's an actor who I very much admire, and I've just got to say, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't deliberately have sex with Andrew Sachs' granddaughter. It was an accident. Actually, that's not fair. It wasn't an accident. It was a um, statistical inevitability. Eventually, I was bound to have sex with someone from a sitcom's granddaughter. 
There's probably been others. I might have done one of Baldrick's. <laughs> if I have, he's sure to find out, though, because he's always digging around, isn't he? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Before I issued my hostage chain to a radiator video statement, I did a written one. I thought, you know, do a written one. But in this time of economic trouble, this time of difficulty and adversity, keep it light-hearted. Stick a couple of jokes in it. <laughs> keep people smiling. Economic crisis, keep people grinning. Misjudged it. It wasn't helped by the fact that the newsreader that read it out couldn't read. <laughs> I have to explain to you what it's like, because, you know, maybe one day you'll experience a similar torrent, a hurricane of opinion. And it's pretty mad, you know, because while that was going on, there were like 50 or 60 people outside my house at all times, cameramen, photographers, journalists, TV people, and I knew that every time I left my house, I would get filmed, it would be on the news, and seen by millions of people. And it begs a very important question. What do you wear to go on the news? <laughs> oh, don't, do I look fat in these testosterone levels? Oh, sod off. The consequence of this was that I began to dramatically overdress for the most mundane chores. <laughs> I'm about to show you a piece of footage in which, I swear to you, I was on my way to a dental appointment. <laughs> I look like I'm going to fucking Vegas. Russell Brand has released a statement in the last few minutes. He says, I've apologised to Andrew Sachs for the rude messages I left on 8th, October the 18th. He has graciously accepted. As I only do the radio show to make people laugh, I've decided that, given the subsequent coverage, I will stop doing the show. I've loved working for the BBC. I'm very proud of the shows myself. Matt Morgan, Nick Phillips, Mr G and Noel Gallagher have made and I have apologised to all of them for damaging their careers, except Noel, whose band are doing quite well. I got a joke in the news! I got a joke in the news! <laughs> joke in the news! Except that newsreader can't fucking read. Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher! It's been famous about 20 years. Why don't you look out your fucking window? <laughs> unless, unless, unless that newsreader has a very deliberate, faltering, halting, joke-telling style, and he was just using it there. A horse walked into a pub, the barman said, why? The long face. That'll, of course, be the equine skeletal structure there, elongated nasal cavity. <laughs> what do you call a man with a shovel on his head, Doc? <laughs> Reports that without the shovel, he'd be Douglas remain unconfirmed. <laughs> no, Gulliver. 
is a good friend to have in a crisis? Because he sticks up for you a little bit. A lot of people, when they were asked about that scandal, what, 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 what do you think about the Manuel Gate scandal? Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. What do you think about that? Oh, it's bad. They asked Noel Gallagher, what do you think about the Manuel Gate scandal? He went, it's fucking bollocks. <laughs> That is sweet of you. Don't feel obliged to applaud, though. I do hear it in my head constantly. It's always there. At the time of the scandal, Noel sent me a text message that read, Russell. He's able to convey his accent through text messages. Great gift. Russell. A Russell Brand lookalike has been forced to resign from lookalike work and returned to his previous employment washing dishes because since the scandal, he cannot get no look-alike work. I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> there he is. He looks an idiot. <laughs> look at that headline. Andrew Sachs phoning scandal claims yet another victim. <laughs> I'm not Harold Shipman. It's not like when they were digging up Fred West's garden. Oh, bloody hell, another victim. How did the house not fall over? It's like cadaver kerplunk. The mayhem stirred me not because hysteria has surrounded me as long as I can remember when I was a little boy. It was mental and crazy. I thought I'd be all right when I grow up. I grew up, I was a junkie, so it's still mental and crazy. I stopped taking drugs, thought it might get easier. Then this happened. I said to my mum, Mum, will my life always be like this? She went, yeah. I don't mind, though. I can take the hullabaloo, the oil slick of spilled news ink over our pure and beautiful minds. None of it got to me because I know it's all an illusion. I know what's true. I know where love comes from. I understand beauty. So I didn't let one single aspect of the entire scandal trouble... Actually, that's not entirely true. Um, one thing did bother me. And this is it. Throughout... That entire scandal, all the mayhem, the backstabbing, the sister scratching, not one person stopped to say, you know that song that Russell Brand left on Andrew Sachs's answer phone machine? He made that up on the spot, <laughs> off the top of his head. He's fucking brilliant. He rhymed menstrual with consensual. When you left your message, press one at any time. I'd like to apologize for these terrible attacks, Andrew Sachs. I'd like to show contrition to the max, Andrew Sachs. I'd like to create 
world peace between the yellow, whites and blacks. Andrew Sachs, Andrew Sachs. I said some things I didn't have order, like I had sex with your granddaughter. But it was consensual and she wasn't menstrual. It was consensual, lovely sex. It's full of respect. I sent her a text. I've asked her to marry me. Andrew Sachs, if you date it, this nuptial pact could be Oh, Andrew Sachs. Will you marry me? Thank you. Thank you. Very silly. Very silly behaviour, but I think you can all see utterly without malice. What amuses me watching it now is how much me and Jonathan are enjoying ourselves with no idea of how much trouble we are about to get into. Like two idiots dancing towards a canyon. <laughs> Thing is, I ain't been famous that long, right? So to me, Jonathan Ross is still an hero. If I'm in a situation with Jonathan Ross and he goes, oh, I fucked your granddaughter, I don't go, well, that contravenes broadcasting law. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Ross! Exciting. But it did make people angry, okay? And I would never seek to discount people's emotions even if I disagree with them. It just seemed to me that the incident became a kind of lightning rod for a cultural malaise. I thought, how can people be so angry about such a daft, silly thing? But people were angry. <laughs> I looked at the Times Online website and some of the comments, well, they convey incredible anger. Look, I mean, check this. This is from Jake from Dumfries. They are cowards! Fire them and send them to Afghanistan to meet real men! <laughs> yes! Me and Jonathan for that? Yes! Go to Afghanistan! <laughs> not had any military training. Go Afghanistan! I'm not going to Afghanistan. Go Afghanistan! I'm not going to Afghanistan. You go Afghanistan! <laughs> Incoming, get down, men! Fucking hell, it's Russell Brand and Jonathan Ross. <laughs> Woo! Oh, mate, are you busy? <laughs> yes! I am busy, as a matter of fact. I'm engaged in a global holy war. East v West, Islam v Christianity, trying to control the Taliban and stop the opium trade reaching our shores. Men on both sides are dying every day. The desert sands run red with their blood. What the hell are you two doing here? <laughs> Did you used to watch 40 Towers? <laughs> 
is succinct in his condemnation. Put them on the sex offenders register! <laughs> yeah! Register. Yeah! What? With the paedophiles and the rapists? Yeah! Oh, you don't think you're overreacting, John? No, I'm not! I'm not going on that register. Get on that register! I'm not going on that register. Get on that register! I'm not going on that register. Get on that register. All right, I'll go on the register. <laughs> Huntley? Here. Fritzel? Yeah! <laughs> Glitter? Woo! Brand, yeah, can I have a word? No! You can't have a word! You rape that telephone. You nonced him in the answer phone machine. That answering machine was only five years old. I don't want to go in the sex offenders register. Not for that. <laughs> Mind you, I suppose once you're on it, <laughs> like signing on, turn up, get your tick, fuck off. <laughs> Here, for you, London, is my favourite complaint. It's from the confusingly named and addressed Paul Ireland, London, UK. <laughs> Paul Ireland, London, UK. <laughs> these two overpaid louts pick on one of the best comic actors of his generation, fueled in no small part, I would imagine, because he's Spanish. <laughs> Faulty Towers is not a documentary. <laughs> oh, it's all right, actually, though, because um, 17 minutes later, Paul goes back to the same website and leaves another comment. So perhaps this one will be mitigating, because for a moment I had him down as an oxygen thief. But no, let's hear him out. Second comment, same guy. 20 minutes later. On the 17th of July, 1936, a war began so vile that it tore a nation apart. That war was the Spanish Civil. As if the people hadn't suffered enough. <laughs> These two overpaid louts pick on one of the best comic actors of his generation, fueled in no small part, I would imagine, because he's Spanish. <laughs> Paul, you've had 20 minutes. You've got the internet. You've Googled some facts about the Spanish Civil War. Go on Wikipedia and discover that Andrew Sachs is not Spanish.
must have noticed, Paul, on the news, when they spoke to Andrew Sachs, well, yes, it was quite bad, you know, but I've forgiven them now. It's like, you know, never at any point did he go, oh, Mr. Fawlty, Mr. Fawlty, I learn, I learn! He's <laughs> pretending to be for a space to make the programme funnier. It's not his actual identity, Paul. Thank you. Yes. No, thank you, thank you. Hello, love. All right, darling. You feeling a bit randy up there, are you? Fancy little go? Think you could handle it? Like to have a little turn on the fame wand? The fame wand! The fame wand! With its alchemic, transformative qualities. The fame wand, the fame wand, turning sluts into celebrities. I'll make you famous, I'll make you famous, I'll make you famous. Hey. Hey. The thing that troubles me most about that scandal is this. I do worse things than that every day. <laughs> Without sort of noticing, worrying. Like, last year, right, I hosted the MTV VMA Awards. Thank you. Oh, cheering. Oh, applause, oh, oh! I wish you'd been there on the night. I could have done with you. For you see, I, ridiculous though it may seem, am not famous in America. And people from our country often say to me, oh, what's it like not being famous in America? I bet you love it, do ya, do ya, do ya? I fucking hate it. Because my personality does not work without fame. Without fame, this haircut just looks like mental illness. <laughs> Wisely then, the promotional executives in charge of the MTV VMA award ceremony mounted an advertising campaign in which I was affiliated with pre-existing American stars. Good idea, makes me look better. Like. LL Cool J. Okay, okay. That does produce some problems, like one, what do you call him? Well, it turns out it's LL. But that's not the end of the problem, because LL is a difficult thing to say, particularly after hello. Hello, LL, hello, LL, hello, LL, hello, LL. I don't know when you finished. Plus, he is an African-American hip-hop artist, and I am an English gentleman as you can see. And what is more, when I'm in America, I go much more English for attention. I'm sort of, when I'm in America, I'm like Bradford and Bingley. Oh, hello. I'm from England. So communications between myself and LL took on a kind of clashing quality or a weird Particularly, the first time I spoke to LL. Oh, hello, 
Yo, 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 cuz, what's up, motherfucker? Blaze a blunt to the nation for my fallen homies. Tipple 40 to the club for my fallen homies. Yes, I saw one of your homos outside. <laughs> he was a bloody beefcake. <laughs> Further to the LL experience, I made a commercial with Britney Spears. Yes. That's what I thought. I thought that. I thought, woo. Didn't say it out loud. Still it. You'll be making a promotional film with Britney Spears. <laughs> but it's not without problems. And I will indulge so that you can protect yourselves if you find yourself in a similar dilemma. That was the first time I met Britney Spears, okay? And it is very difficult to meet someone for the first time when you've already seen a photograph of their vagina. <laughs> I didn't know where to look. Hello, Brittany, lovely to meet you. And you. <laughs> You're actually my favorite. She's holding you back. Meet me later. I didn't do that. It's impolite. MTV wanted to promote me as an edgy English comedian. Ooh, I'm edgy. Ooh, I'm edgy. I might go near an edge. There's an edge, there's an edge, there's an edge. <laughs> so I had to be all edgy. It's a lot of pressure being all edgy. Particularly when you're with Britney Spears, you don't want to hurt her feelings. Because when you meet Britney, there's a lot of things that occur to you that you want to say to her. Particularly if you're being all edgy. In fact, the first thing that occurs to you when you meet Britney Spears to say is, What'd you shave fucking head for? <laughs> Can't say that though. She, like us, is a human being. We don't want to hurt her. We want to be nice to her and make her happy. So I said to the MTV promotional executives, Hold on. How am I going to be all edgy in that and not say any edgy things to her that will upset her because I don't want to upset her and people are going to expect me to say edgy things so it's going to be a weird dynamic like something's been unsaid. Don't you think there'll be a little bit of an elephant in the room? <laughs> and the MTV promotional executive, to his eternal credit, said, What if there was literally an elephant in the room? <laughs> What, a real elephant? Sure. Wait, 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 where are you going to find an elephant from? I know where to locate an elephant, buddy. So, I'm going to meet an elephant. It was at this point that I stopped thinking like an adult. Because I've met pop stars before. But I ain't ever met a fucking elephant. There's going to be an elephant in here. Can I touch it? Can I ride it? Can I put my fingers up its trunk? Do they really never forget? <laughs> they went and got one. Like it was near me. A big, grey, long-nosed, big-ear elephant. I was allowed near it. This beautiful creature, this 
glorious mammalian monument to all that is constant. And as I looked into the dark corridors of its eyes, I knew that we are all one, that separation is an illusion, that there is only beauty, this beautiful creature, this glorious, noble creature. And at one bit it went, and it's a girl elephant, and I see its vagina, eye-catching. You know, difficult not to look. Like, the elephant there, Britney's over there. Like, you know, can anyone in this room be discreet about their vaginas? <laughs> I like them both. I won't choose. No, no, you're both the same. I'm not gonna choose, I won't choose one, I won't. <laughs> Don't you forget this. Come the night of the MTV VMA Awards, I was prepared, I was ready. But, well actually there were some elements that were still confusing to me, like we in our country don't take them MTV VMA Awards that seriously, right? You probably only know it as I was at that thing, Britney Spears got a snake round her neck, I was that thing, Madonna snogged Britney. Yeah, it's that, all right? But this is what I learned. They take that seriously in America. I'll tell you another thing they take seriously in America. The Office of President. I learned both those facts at the exact same moment <laughs> and it weren't comfortable. I was hosting the VMA Awards, just me, me or me Todd Russell, against the Americans. I come out at the beginning, thusly. Hey, Americans. On behalf of the world, I'd like to urge you from the bottom of my heart to vote for Barack Obama. Now, I know some people, racists, I think they're called, say America is not ready for a black president, but I know America to be a free-thinking, forward-thinking, liberal country. After all, we've had that retarded cowboy filler in the White House for eight years. <laughs> We all thought that was very liberal. Because in my country, he wouldn't be trusted with a fucking pair of scissors. Yes! Oh! Laughter! Laughter and joy! I wish you'd been there on the night, though. I really could have done with you. For instead of that mellifluous sound of your beautiful laughter, I said that and stared out into a silent sea of blank billionaire faces, some of whom had guns. And I just had to stand there in the silence, embarrassed. It was at this point that I realised that what me and my mate Matt had previously assumed to be a script that we had written was in fact simply a litany of cruel and hurtful comments. <laughs> it was not good. It was not a good moment. It was like the bit in Sixth Sense where Bruce Willis goes, Oh fuck, I'm a ghost! Shit! <laughs> oh no, this script is awful! It's really hurtful! What am I gonna do? Because at this point, the award show had started. 
So I either had to read out a script that I knew would offend people, or just make up an award ceremony off the top of my fucking head. <laughs> and that is what I did. <laughs> I had to. I had no choice. There's no way I could have read that script out. No way. It was too dangerous, too incendiary, too crazy, too wild, too decadent and dark to ever be said out loud in America. But I can say it in London. <laughs> Imagine. Thank you. The title of best female in pop is usually passed on by means of a lesbian kiss from the incumbent to their nominated successor, Madonna to Britney, etc. Michael Jackson tried to initiate a similar system, nominating Geordie Chandler. <laughs> Instead of being grateful, Geordie called the police. <laughs> or perhaps you might like. Talking of teenagers having sex, which we weren't. The Jonas Brothers... Right, some people know. But not everyone in this country will know what a Jonas Brothers are. Now, Jonas Brothers is a pop group made up of young men who deliberately don't have sex with their fans. Now, that pisses me off! <laughs> that is like Superman deciding not to fly and instead just get the bus everywhere. When I think back to my own adolescence, wanking myself to sleep at night, and those boys could and should and ought with all that opportunity, and they choose not to, for Jesus. <laughs> that is not what Jesus wants. It's very clear in the Bible. Go forth and multiply. <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible does it say, ooh, be a little bit of a tit. <laughs> I've checked it. Although the pages of my Bible are all stuck together, so. <laughs> hey, a lot of them stories are pretty kinky. There's a guy in a colorful coat. He has a crazy, crazy dream. There's another guy, a really, really tough, he got a haircut, he got really, really weak. <laughs> oh, something important I've got to tell you, actually, while I think of it. Um, if after this show, you are approached by a journalist from the Daily Mail who asks you something like, oh, did he say anything contentious during the show that we could use to confuse people? Tell him to fuck off! <laughs> Because a lot of the things I say 
Don't look good written down. <laughs> All right? I'll come in Christ's face, boasts Brand. <laughs> Don't tell the Daily Mail. <laughs> They'll just confuse it and make it about hatred, insidious hatred. Trying to make us afraid of everything. Trying to make us afraid of our own weather. Snow! <laughs> there is snow! Immigrant snow! Immigrant gypsy snow! Immigrant gypsy paedophile snow! Do not make a snowman in your garden. It will come into the house and fuck you all. I hope you all like carrots. <laughs> we ain't got nothing to be scared of. The Jonas Brothers have a set of virginity rings that keep them all in check. What was wrong with the old boy band control system invented by Michael Jackson's dad? He kept the whole band in line with a single belt. And as yet, there have been no negative side effects in any of his sons. Sorry, um, I'm, not, I'm not very good at moonwalking. Uh, but then, I do only have sex with adults, so it balances out, really. Swings and roundabouts. Which, ironically, is where you can usually find Michael. <laughs> hey. Hey. I'm not having a go at Michael Jackson, okay? I happen to believe this. Michael Jackson is a genius. There's only one Michael Jackson. There are millions of children. Couldn't we just let him have a couple? Don't tell the Daily Mail. <laughs> Let Jacko fuck kids, Braggsburn! <laughs> I don't actually believe that should happen. Sometimes I say it just because I think it's funny to say it. I'm not going to take it to the government as a policy. <laughs> I've got this policy now. It does sound a bit weird at first. Britney Spears won three awards that night. This was the third award she won. I don't remember what it was for because um, it's meaningless. <laughs> Here's the link. MTV can make stars. It's like a nuclear reactor for creating world-conquering megastars. Look at Britney Spears. Obviously, there's a downside. If you spend too long in a nuclear reactor, you will go mad and bald. <laughs> Here she is, Britney Spears! <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> but 
in a way, it was successful because by the end of that night, I was famous in America. <laughs> I've got the statistics. Statistics don't lie. Have a look here. The week of the MTV VMA Awards, I was the fifth most Googled thing in the world. Look at that, fifth most Googled thing, Russell Brand. Thank you, thank you for the encouragement, cheers, appreciate it. Before you go too crazy, a lot of that Googling was done by me, but not all of it. <laughs> and look at this, it doesn't matter anyway, because number seven, VMA host, that's me as well. And look over here, number 37, Russell Brown. I'm gonna take that as well. I'm good old Ruster Brown. <laughs> but not all the people who discovered me that night were utterly enamored by me. Oh no. Not if the death threats are anything to go by. Which leads me to my next item, Russell Brand's favorite death threats. Here they are. The first one is from Yankee. What will be his persuasion, I wonder? <laughs> you piece of shit! <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm Russell. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are telling us who to vote for? You ignorant piece of shit. <laughs> Why don't you drop dead and die? This is impossible because this is tautology. Unless Yankee is a Hindu and believes in reincarnation and he wants me to drop dead, be reincarnated as a mouse, then die again. Oh, uh, too much cheese. <laughs> but if that is what he means, he should make it clearer in his death threat. It's open to misinterpretation. It's a good bit here. Now, for you to fully understand the impetus and intention of this bit, you need to understand that when I say something loudly, it means that thing is in capitals. I'll never vote for Obama, ever! I like that. I like that because it's as if, between writing never and ever, someone tried to persuade him to vote for Obama again. I'll never vote for Obama. Hey, he won't raise taxes. Ever! <laughs> All right. Don't even fucking live here. <laughs> the next death threat is from Patrick, a.k.a. Bully Defender. Nice of Patrick to include an alias in his death threat, I think. Um, if you don't know my work as Patrick, perhaps you'll recognise me as Bully Defender. Mm -hmm. Very polite for a death threat. Screw you, Russell! <laughs> Stick to UK politics and keep out of US politics. Not in politics. <laughs> Not some baffled, confused Jeremy Paxman in a wig. Not into <laughs> politics. Stick to figuring out your own pathetic government. Oh, oh, oh no, hey, don't have a go at my government. It's if I'm bothered. I think they're wankers and all. <laughs> Stick to figuring.
figuring out your own pathetic government and your precious queen. Right, you've crossed the line there. <laughs> Say what you like about me. <laughs> and you can criticise our parliament if you must. But when you besmirch the name of Elizabeth Regina, <laughs> you make a powerful enemy. I will slice you from nape to chops, bully defender, if that's your real name, which I doubt. <laughs> I don't care about the Queen either. She's just a little old lady in a shiny hat <laughs> that we bought her. <laughs> However, the winner of the best death threat competition is White Boy. Not just because of the hatred engendered by his name, no, but because White Boy, alone among the death threateners, bothered to include a subject heading for his email death threat. Okay? <laughs> he ain't gonna take time out from his busy schedule of crystal meth addiction and racism to write a death threat, unless he's pretty sure he's gonna get read. And remember, before I read it out, if I say something loudly, it means that thing is in capitals. <laughs> Subject. Fuck Russell Brand, you need to get the fuck out of my country. He's a fucking asshole, a fucking piece of shit. Go home, bitch boy. Open. <laughs> you had me at bitch boy. <laughs> you little ugly fucking cunt. <laughs> Quirky opening. You've got me attention. Where are you going to go with it? Country punk Russell fag brand, punk Russell fag brand. How can I help you? <laughs> you more than likely support Muslims that destroy the world. Bit of a leap. <laughs> I think what I meant when I said vote for Barack Obama was a jihad on all the world's Christian people! <laughs> like my nan, who I love. If I want to kill my nan, I don't need to involve religion. I'll just hide her bath mat. No shit, you're fugly. He's freestyling now. <laughs> I was so moved by white boy's death threat that I decided to reply. Dear white boy, 
Thank you for your touching letter. <laughs> Reading between the lines, I assume this to be a covert homosexual advance. <laughs> which I accept. <laughs> Yours sincerely, Beach Boy. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Mm. I was mental that in America. All them death threats, all that madness and horror, you know. I thought, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers, that's lovely. Thanks for your love. No, good. Oh, hello, it's infectious and it's not the only thing, so be careful. <laughs> it's a fellatio spartacus. Yeah, after all the, the madness and mayhem of the death threats, I thought, fuck that. I'm going back to England, lay low, keep quiet, stay out of trouble. <laughs> Tricky business. When the scandal subsided, I made a film called The Tempest with Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> Dame, yes, Dame Helen Mirren. She has something, that woman, she has a potency, something <sighs> matriarchal, something sexy, you know, aligned with her maturity, like a sexy mate's mum or a sexy mum's mate, you know, something about her. She looks you in the eyes, she kisses you, hello, Russell, kisses you right on the lips, you know, and it's sort of a mischievous sense of arousal that it encourages and it's not like I want a straight up fucker it's more like I'd like to be nude in the crook of her arm like that and uh, she washes me and it's confusing <laughs> I just like a confusing wash from her it's a confusing bath there you go Get you a bit clean, shall we? Mm? Good boy. Mummy mm, Helen. Mm, yes, yes, I am your mummy Helen. Mummy mm. Helen, when you wash me, I'll get more dirty. <laughs> I suppose Freud would say that's the Oedipus complex, wouldn't he? Mm? He'd say it. That's what he'd say. Freud? Uh, Freud says that men innately are attracted to matriarchal sexy figures that men want to have sex with their mother. Well, you know, I mean, I can understand in an instance like Dame Helen Mirren that matriarchy is sexually potent and sexually powerful. And are we not pagans? Is it not our nature to worship the earth, feminine creativity, the vagina, the source of all creativity? Lord alone knows I've knelt and worshipped at that altar many a long hour. So, in the case of powerful matriarchal figures like Helen Mirren, yeah, I suppose I do fancy the mother, the mother, the mother, the mother. Not my mother. <laughs> Not my mother, Barbara Brand, in her little dressing gown here tonight with her handbag. You're right, Russell, do you need any money? I don't have sex with her. 
ruined Christmas. <laughs> a lot of people are still angry about my cousin. <laughs> what I want is the beautiful, matriarchal Helen Mirren to just bath me, give me a confusing bath, I'm all naked, she washes me, and we just both enjoy it, and it's confusing. There's a good boy. Oh, you're a good boy. Mammy Helen, good boy. Oh, did you grow that for me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I grew it for you. Did you get all stiff for Mammy Helen? Yeah, good boy. Mammy Helen, Mammy Helen, I got a pink pencil. I want to write a letter in your tummy. Good boy. Mammy Helen, good boy. Mammy Helen, good boy. Mammy Helen, good boy. Mammy Be more natural. <laughs> there was a strange atmosphere on that set. Hello, Russell. Hello, Helen. Watch me. <laughs> Particularly towards the end of the shoot, it kind of got a little bit out of control, you know, the last day especially. The last day of filming, I had sex in the morning and I didn't have time to have a shower or change my underpants. So I just pulled them on without having had a shower. These yellow American apparel pants. Pulled them on, rushed to the room. Russell, we've got to get to the set, we've got to get to the set. Oh no, no time for a shower, no time for a shower. Pull on my trousers, rush to the set, rush to the set. Come on, we've got to work, we've got to work. Working on the set, working on the set, working really hard. Come on, Russell, we've got to finish, we've got to get a plane back to England. We've got to go, we've got to get a plane back to England. Rush, 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 rush to the dressing room to get a change. Thank God, there's a clean pair of underpants in the dressing room. Take off the yellow American apparel underpants. Put on the clean ones. I ain't even got time to put the yellow American apparel underpants in a bag. Just rush out of the room, still holding them in my hand. And who should be coming out of the next dressing room but Dame Helen Mirren. <laughs> hello, Russell. Oh, hello, Dame Helen. <laughs> Mummy Helen. How are you? I'm very well, Russell. Is this you leaving us? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I've enjoyed working with you, Russell. Oh, I've loved working with you as well, Dame Helen. For some reason, I was holding the underpants at head height. I was just nervous, I guess, you know, holding them there like bunting. Well, I better go then, Dame Helen. Yes, you better go. Well, you're not as bad as everyone says. Oh, thank you, Dame Helen. It's been lovely working with you. And I was just about to leave when I noticed for a split second her eyes flick to the underpants. And my mental illness took over. And I heard a voice that I recognised as my own saying, Dame Helen, would you like these? <laughs> a look of horror flashed across her face as the colour drained. And then she took them. <laughs> Why did she take them? She didn't have to take them. I suppose because she's a dame. She's polite. You don't get rude, dames. A dame can't go, fuck off! <laughs> so she took them. She's still got them now. I hope she ain't looked inside them. <laughs> Balls it up I have with the pretend queen. That's the pretend queen ruined. I'd already ruined my chances with the actual queen after the carnage of the royal variety performance where I performed and after which you have the privilege of meeting Her Majesty, the Queen of England. 
Now, this is a situation obviously laden with protocol. So you were approached by a butler, saw a bloke before it, who says to you, Oh, hello there. You're the comedian, are you? Oh, yes, yes, I am. Not the bearded lady, then. <laughs> when you meet the Queen of England, you will address her as ma'am as in jam, not ma'am as in arm. Ma'am as in jam, not ma'am as in arm, thank you. You will bow from the head, not from the waist. Bow from the head, not from the waist, thank you. And when you meet her, don't curtsy, she won't think it's cute. I was going to do that, actually. <laughs> well, don't. But to give me that advice is to assume that my mind is my ally. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> because if I have some information that I know I'm in to obey, there's something in my mind, some peculiar oppositional dynamic that messes me up, like on the edge of a tall, tall building. I look over and think, oh, Jesus Christ, never jump over the edge of this building. Oh, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> or at a wedding, when it gets to that bit, if anybody here knows any reason why these two people shouldn't be bound together in matrimony, I always want to shout out, yeah, he's queer and I fucked her this morning. <laughs> I haven't, and I didn't, but I just want to say it. Like, say I'm having a cup of tea with a really, really lovely little old lady, a hot, hot cup of tea. And she's a lovely old lady, not some malevolent force. She's lovely, really sweet, and I like her. Oh, you're a good boy, you're doing ever so well. You're still going swimming, we're all very proud. You're seeing what you've done, you're a good boy, aren't you? I nod along politely, but in my head, I'm thinking, I could throw this tea right in her fucking face. <laughs> not like she deserves it or anything. It's not like I'm trying to mete out justice. Just the knowledge that you could to go, Ugh. one Doctor Strange Love twitch and bang right in a boat. <laughs> Plays with my mind. So when I'm in a semicircle waiting, Her Majesty, the Queen of England, the mind plays tricks. The flunky's words are buzzing in my mind, wondering what to say. And I'm stood next to James Blunt, and that's never easy at the best of times. But in this instance, it is particularly tricky because he's got previous with Her Majesty, isn't he? He's in the horse guards or something. So they can talk about crowns and dogs and horses. What am I going to say to her? Oh, hello, you ma'am, jam. I'm free time shagger of the hill. <laughs> yeah, when I lick a stamp, I lick the front of it, you lucky tart. appropriate conversation. Blunt's got all the banter. Blunt's got all the previous. Blunt, with his car horn voice. <laughs> I think that's why he was chucked out of the army. People couldn't understand his orders. Let's go to war. Let's go to war with you. Well, I don't know what Corporal Blunt's saying, but I know what I like, and that should be number one. Dismissed. Stood there next to Blunt. She's getting nearer and nearer, Her Majesty the Queen. I'm next to Blunt. I'm nervous too. All right, James, here you go. Getting nearer to me, all trying to think of the right things to say. 
James, please don't. I'm just trying to focus on the Queen. Remember how I'm meant to behave. Oh, look, she's near. I James, don't, mate, because I've, like, I've got to focus on this. Okay, please, because every time you say it, it throws me, mate. It honestly does. I'm trying to look all nice, thinking she's going to give me a swerve. The words of the flunky fizzing through my mind. Mamas in jam, not mamas in arm. Bow from the head, not from the waist. Don't curtsy. Mamas in jam, not mamas in arm. Bow from the head, not from the waist. Don't curtsy. Mamas in jam, not mamas in arm. Bow from the head, don't curtsy. Magic jam, no mama's arm, babbling at the cursing. Magic jam, no mama's arm, babbling at the cursing. Magic jam, no mama's arm, babbling at the cursing. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, grab her fucking tits. <laughs> Pull her dress down, get one out, swing it over like a rope. <laughs> Curl it up one like a Turkish slipper. <laughs> Suck on it. It's my turn next. <laughs> it's my turn after you. Leave it, James. You do the, you do the Duke of Edinburgh. Okay. Leave it, it's trying to focus. <laughs> Which means I shall probably never be knighted. And maybe that's a good thing. Because if I found myself on one knee <laughs> in front of our queen with my mind, it's not me that will be getting elevated to the status of a god that day. It will be her. <laughs> hey, don't look at it as an assault. I'm good at it, should enjoy it. In fact, good people of London, before I depart, would you like some genuine Russell Brand sex tips? Good. Okay, okay, here we go. These are proper good sex tips I'm giving you here. The first of these sex tips, and all of them really, I'm not, there's no actual a joke attached to any of these. You should know that. I'm literally saying this for altruistic reasons. I just want tonight the perfect silent night sky to be punctured by this sound. Oh, thank you, Russell. <laughs> here are the sex tips, okay. The first one is an oral sex tip to be performed on a woman by a man or a woman. Do what you like. This is how it works. It's a very good way to start, a very good opener, as it were. It works thusly. Through the expulsion of air through your mouth to stimulate their labia. Okay, good opener, very good opener. <laughs> the horse. Very good way to commence. Once you've started with the horse, move a little bit higher up to the clitoris, which we all know responds very well to vibration, and try this. The kazoo! I know what you're thinking. Well, I know what you're thinking. Russell, you're thinking. Obviously, these are world-class sex tips. That's beyond question. But won't that action exhaust your cheeks and your tongue? Yes. That is when you employ the muscles of the neck and the chin for the brucey. Mix them up a bit. Some men in the front row look a little bit nervous. 
I know what it is. You think that you'll try out my brilliant sex tips, and you'll be down there trying your hardest. And she'll just look down at you, you know. What the fucking hell are you doing? <laughs> that is where you have to commit to the sex tip. Go for it. Redouble your efforts. Nice to see you. See you nice. Thanks. <laughs> Genuine sex tips. Hello, dear. <laughs> I'm off now. <laughs> I am. But before I leave, I want to set a few things straight. You probably read about me. Oh, Russell Brand, he'll fuck anyone. That's not true. I will have sex with any single woman aged between 18 and death. <laughs> and I'm very strict about that. Doesn't matter how much you tart up a corpse, you could be the best mortician in London. And I'd say, no, 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 too much eyeshadow. Put her back in a fucking drawer. Now, I'll come and meet some of you afterwards. I'll meet all of you afterwards, if that's what you want. I love you, and I want to talk to you all. You might be a single woman here tonight, and you might think, oh, Russell Brand is so sexy and beautiful and erudite and brilliant. I'd love to have sex with him, but I'm not good enough. Give it a try. You probably are. Just have a bit of confidence. I will tell you now that I prefer threesomes, two women, don't fuck about, boy, we've all got my bird. No, 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 no. Not interested in that. I like threesomes with two women. Not because I'm a cynical sexual predator, oh no, but because I'm a romantic, I'm looking for the one, and I'll find her more quickly if I audition two at a time. <laughs> London, I love you. Thank you for coming. I'm coming to get you. Hare Krishna, good night. <laughs>